And so um, it was kind of a heads up for me that I needed to pay attention. And so I knew he wanted to speak to me um, regarding this. And it was something for everyone um, or those who may latch on to it for this season. Um, and so I, it took me forever to figure out what he was saying. <laughs> so I did, I'm prefacing this because your notes have a ton of errors in them. So as I go, if you want to edit your paper, please do. <laughs> you didn't get your notes. Thank you. They're, they're on it. They are on it. Um, so I just want to um, just kind of preface that because I, I feel bad that it came out that way, but uh, it'll be fine online. I just, uh, if you guys could just put your hands towards me, I just need prayer right now. I'm like all over the map right now. <laughs> mm. Lord, we just thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for your goodness, Lord. I want to thank you that you you have given a word, and uh, and I trust you, Lord. I trust you. <laughs> and I've been here. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> uh. I thank you for your words in this, Lord. I thank you um, that you know they can hold this teaching up to you and pull out what it is for them in this season, Lord. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for clarity of mind, sound mind right now. Lord, I just put all the other things that are pending on a table and, and I just put them at rest with you right now, Lord. I put all the emotion of, of ending this school season on the table with you right now, Lord. Just call them all into order. I thank you for this opportunity. And I just ask that these words would take root in the ones that this word is in season for. Just let it nurture them. Father, I just call all things into order. In Jesus' name. Okay. <clears throat> so, I started this by saying that he had given me a scripture, and I didn't know what the heck he was saying. <laughs> so I want to look at the scripture from, um, from different translations. The first translation is, uh, the scripture is Hebrew 5. 7 through 10, and the Good News Translation. And I'm looking at specific wording in some of these. It says, In his life on earth, Jesus made his prayers and requests with loud cries and tears to God, who could save him from death. Because he was humble and devoted, God heard him. But even though he was God's son, he learned through his sufferings to be obedient. When he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God declared him to be the high priest in the priestly order of Melchizedek. 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 Whatever. <laughs> Don't get all technical with me. <laughs> um, the next translation is the message. 
While he lived on earth anticipating death, Jesus cried out in pain and wept in sorrow as he offered up priestly prayers to God. Because he honored God, God answered him. Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. Then, having arrived at the full stature of his maturity and having been announced by God as high priest in the order of Melchizedek, said it, he, came, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believingly obey him. And then the final translation is from the Amplified. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up defi- definite special petitions for, which, for that which he not only wanted but needed. And supplications with strong crying and tears to him who was always able to save him out of death. And he was heard because of his reverence toward God, his godly fear, his piety, in that he shrank from his horrors of separation from the bright presence of the Father. Although he was a son, he learned active, special obedience through what he suffered and his complete experience making him perfectly equipped he became the author and source of eternal salvation to who give heed and obey him being uh, designated and recognized and saluted by God as high priest after the order with the rank of Melchizedek Melchizedek um I found particularly interesting was verse 8. Though he was God's son, he learned trusting obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. I mean, that's just really like, whoa, that was so good to me because, you know, we talk about sonship and we talk about servanthood and, you know, all of those things. But even Jesus as his son suffered, and we know that to great extent, um, but that through it, he was learning to trust and, and obedience because he was fully man and fully God. And um, it just spoke to me in, in our walk that we're all going through, and it spoke to me in particular about what we talked about, about courage and trust. Like you guys have vision, and you have even um, some steps to follow, But because of things we've been through, through the suffering, it's been hard to keep following. And and the Lord is saying, you know, have courage. Trust me. And so I just thought, wow, God, that, that really ties in. And so what you've gone through in life, the disappointments, the loss, the heartache, the betrayal, even the persecutions... Whatever it has been for you has not been in vain. The Lord uses it all to teach, teach us and grow us so we can learn to walk in obedience with him from a place of reverence and love. It's not obedience from servanthood, um, of, um, but it, what propels us is love. And that's the reverence love that, that Jesus had. And I thought, you know, Lord, he's been talking to me about humility, and he's been talking to me about unity. And, you know, these are words that are being thrown around right now a lot in the Christian community. And I thought, man, I'd hate for us all to be a bunch of parrots. 
and say, you know, unity. And, but to really look at the words and see what it is that the words are saying. So I gave you guys some definitions. And let's look at um, humility. Um, it just basically means to be humble. But my definition is humility, to admit you can't do it without the Lord and stay in a place of intimacy. And the synonyms for that are lowliness, meekness, and submissiveness. Sounds like I've heard those in the Bible. And the antonym is pride, and that's important to know. That's the opposite. So what is humble? What is it like to be humble? Not proud or arrogant, modest, to be humble. And this is what caught me, although successful. And... I took this particular part of the definition because it's in context to the scripture. Because we know Jesus was successful. We know that he overcame everything. He conquered everything. So he's still humble. And so for us, we're not talking about a false humility. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, I'm so low. None of that stuff. What we're saying is we're still walking in a reverence, in a, in a love, um, where we're not um, boasting about it. Um, we can celebrate with him, but we're not boasting about it. We're not, um, we're still, I'm trying, if I'm not explaining this right, I'm really trying to get the heart of it. Um, reverence, love, we're still intrigued by the wonder and awe of God. We're still in that love affair place. And to stay in that place is intimacy. Humble. To not put my desires and wishes and um, my thought process above his, but rather to engage in his so that I can have understanding. Does that make sense? I don't know that I can. What did I say? Uh, um, but rather to engage with him in his. There was something after that, though. Oh, so that we might gain understanding. So it's not to force our will and our thoughts above him, but it's to, it's to engage with him so we can get understanding of his will. And don't get me wrong, I have... I have times. I have moments. <laughs> well, I'm not looking too humble. <laughs> so, you know, this word is as much for me woo, as anybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wanted to look at the word unity. Such a big word right now. Such a big word in the body of Christ. Um, the state of being one, oneness, a whole or totality as combining all its parts into one, the state or fact of being united and combined into one as of the parts of a whole, unification. So, you know, unity in the body, unity in the church, unity even in the marketplace. It's, God is looking for a united kingdom. And what does that look like? To be... Um, United. If we all have different parts, not 
Not in a sozo term, guys. <laughs> We're not using parts. How about pieces? If we all have different pieces of a bigger picture, how important do you think unity is? Unity takes humility in the sense of being able to partner with people even when they are not doing things as you had envisioned or would choose. Laying your need to be right or in control down for the betterment of the overall picture. Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm sure for some people who cook like that, <laughs> that that would apply. In my world, I take parts of recipes and I put them in. <laughs> And I come up with a creation. <laughs> I can't follow a recipe to save my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like um, the Lord is, is speaking about unity. And one of the things about unity is for us as a, a body, even a part or a piece of the body, in the past, we've been in such a hurry. We've been like, open up the gates and man, we're gone. And I feel like in this new season, there needs to be an awareness that um, unity takes a stride. We can't all be just busting out at the same time. We're going to be out of stride. And so I feel like um, the Lord is st saying to us, be, stay steady. Stay steady. Be steadfast. This reminds me of um, one of the key things the Lord keeps telling me to encourage my kids with. Ever since they were juniors in high school, when it was like their worst nightmare ever that year. So it's such a heavy load. And, you know, they're, they're combining sports on top of that and, you know, all this stuff. And, and they're getting weighed down. And they were getting discouraged and tired. And... My word to them since junior year, and my eldest is about to graduate college next year, has been stay steady. Stay steady. Because if you're like, you know, charging out of the gates, you're going to lose momentum. You're going to lose um, all your strength. But if you stay steady and take in steps, you, you still have all of your strength and you're, and you're not at such a fast pace where you're forgetting to connect with God. God's not in a hurry. And so we want to make sure that we're staying steady. Some of us have a mindset, a belief system that says we're so far behind and that is just a lie from the enemy. But when we're staying steady, we're, we have room and time for Holy Spirit to say, okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this, and we're just staying steady, and we're not missing the connections along the way. So keep your eye on the big picture, especially us visionaries. My goodness, can we just bust out of the hatches? But 
<laughs> but there is a, there are a lot of pieces and parts to that big picture and so we have to remember that as we go there are other people being connected to us and we all have to get into the same step and the same rhythm because we all have got to hear the rhythm of heaven Amen. yeah don't get lost in the small stuff and this is where we see a lot of fallout um, because like I said, if you're going too fast and you start getting fixated on all the small stuff, all the challenges or obstacles, perceived obstacles, then your eyes aren't fixed on Jesus. And, and if I keep looking at my feet sooner or later, I'm going to stumble over them. If I'm, if I'm not getting the big picture, I can't keep perspective of, of what we're working towards. Does that make sense? And in Proverbs 29:18, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Imagine that. <laughs> Remember you're stepping with him, not for him. We're not just a bunch of server bees. We're a bunch of get-tos. We get to do these things with Christ. We get to. It's not... We have to. We always have a choice. Um, sometimes he might put a little bit of heat up just to help us make decisions. But, um, <laughs> but we still, at the end of the day, have a choice. And, um, and so when you're with him, you're co-laboring and co-creating. Um, when you're stepping for him... You tend to slide back into that, well, I'm doing this for you, God. And your whole attitude shifts. And now all of a sudden things are heavy. Things are not good and there's no joy. But when you come from a place of I'm walking with you, I mean, you can even feel the presence with him. You're abiding. You're abiding. And when you're abiding with Jesus, there's no other place but joy in that. Um, doing for approval which steals all your joy and does not lead to the fullness because you know there is a fullness promised and we want to stay in a place of fullness so you just want to check your little meter and, and notice your attitude notice your heart position you know I'll give you a perfect example everybody knows that Lonnie and I were put together by the Lord and we were, you know, we just kind of had to walk that out at first. And so that first year, I'm sure he's shared with you, was a toughie. Um, not that we didn't have joy in it, but there were moments where I can honestly tell you, Lord, you did this. <laughs> Lord, I'm doing this because of you. My attitude sucked. And I... I look back at it now and I go, oh, that was totally servant mode instead of, look what you did for me. Look what I get to do with you. Look at this gift. You know? And, and so it can take you, even in kingdom training, um, our first years, you know, all the little trials. And I go into, Lord, I'm doing this because of you. 
I have a tendency in my life to do that. And so for me, I have to continually check my heart. What is it saying? Am I in the old mindset of servanthood or am I walking with him and am I abiding with him in this? Because I should be in joy in this thing. Not that things aren't hard. You know, like this beginning of this first year was like lots of things going on in the beginning. But I was still in joy. I was just, there was a lot. That's because I was co-creating with Christ. I was able to have a different attitude than prior where, Lord, you did the, you know, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so just check what lenses you're looking at the situations with. Even your dreams, guys. Even your dreams, the things that he's shown you in visions, as they come to pass, it's not always going to be cake. And it's going to be some, some things you're going to have to work at. And check your attitude. How is it in those times? And remember to bring yourself back to joy. Remember to bring yourself into the abiding and not be a servant in it. Does that make sense? Okay. Thank you. Good. Um, Brent had mentioned a couple things last week, and he said one thing to check is, is the thing that you're in life-giving? I really, that is so true. You really need to check that for yourself. And he said, it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. But is it life-giving? Check your attitude first, and then is it what you're in really life-giving to you? And you'll know how you should proceed. You know, check with the Lord on that. Remember, you're not to put your hope in your dreams, but to keep your hope in Jesus. He is our hope. He is our reward. Our dreams are the manifestation of abiding in Him. Keep that one in your pocket. Our dreams are the manifestation of abiding in Him. He puts those in our heart. And when we are, you know, when your prophetic words or your dreams start to happen and you hit these rough places, remember that you got these dreams from abiding with him. And so we should cherish them and treasure them. I mean, we're looking at going forward with a different mindset than what we came to it with. This is what this is about. I feel like he's trying to have you move forward with a whole different mindset than maybe what we've done in the past. Because I have a feeling that what we did in the past, the fruit of that was discouragement, you know, was um, even anger or fear, hopelessness. Those things are the old way. They didn't work. We all figured that out. And he says we're going forward, but in this as we go forward, we're going to be full of joy in it because we're going to have the right perspective. Uh, and then this is kind of what he was showing me about pieces. Through our intimacy, we are given pieces of heaven that we as sons get to co-labor with God to manifest here on earth. This is through our dreams that he's deposited in our heart. This takes unity with God and unity with man to see it in its fullness. So again, that's that big word he's been dropping around everywhere. And all of us want to see our dreams come true. 
There's, there's things that go with it. Unity. Um, it's all by design by the great creator. We all carry a piece or facet of his character and nature, and it will take a collaboration of many to make manifest in its fullness of what he has given us. And it also takes skill set. You know, he's given us all different skill sets. I can speak to this team. We all carry different skill sets. I have no technical skill sets. My husband has great technical skill sets. You know, we wouldn't be able to do this without his skill set. You know, you wouldn't have it online. We wouldn't have online students. But, you know, he has gained that along the way. In his secular training, it's a desire of his heart. It's just one of those things he loves to do. It's a skill set. It's a gift. In this light, unity takes such precedence. Because if we all have a piece of what God has uniquely qualified us to do, could it be that it is because it directly affects other people's pieces of the bigger picture, thereby connecting pieces to create an even greater masterpiece? Pieces. This thing, this pieces, like we all carry something. My dream connects to somebody else's dream. There, there's got to be that unity between the people to be able to carry out the bigger picture. We really got to get this because it's not like unity in the body and we all agree. No, 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 there's a bigger picture. Could it be that the dream you have had inside of you is a part of someone else's dream? Could it be that God knows when you set your piece in motion, it will line up with someone else's dream, thereby causing two or more pieces to coincide at just the right time? And when I think of that, I think of providence. These are things to ponder. These questions, just ponder them. Just chew on them. Like, could that be? I ain't saying it's 100% God, but hold it up and ask him. I mean, look at Lonnie, Brent, and Suzanne. They both had these dreams, these pieces, and they put them together. And then they brought other people on board, and it started gaining momentum. There was unity. Providence. Let's look at that word. The foreseen care and guidance of God or nature over the crea- creatures of the earth. Creatures of the earth. God, especially when conceived as omnipotently directing the universe and the affairs of humankind with wise benevolence, manifestation of divine care and direction, providence, providence, had a dream probably three or four weeks ago, I won't tell you the whole dream, but it had to do with these Native Americans lining up. Um, on a ridge, and they were they were coming right at me, and uh, and they had a message for me. The chief had a message for me, and he asked me the question: Do I know why the single white eagle feather um, means so much to them? To us, I'm Native American as well, and I said no, because I thought I, I I've looked it up. It's been prophesied over me many times, and. Um, but I didn't know what he was referring to. I said, no. And he said, because it tells us this, the, 
changing of the seasons. It tells us when one season ends and when one season begins. And then they all rode off. Now, there are a lot of different meanings to the single white eagle feather. It depends on the different tribes. But I knew that this was a message from the Lord. And <clears throat> when you think of seasons changing in a kingdom perspective, you can't help but think about providence. You can't help but think that God's hand is moving and shifting things in his timing. And so it came... <laughs> Um, Doug Addison's word just came out. Anybody get that? Blew my mind. Blew my mind. Um, a f friend of ours sent it to us, and it's so timely. And it's time to bloom. And it says, I'm just taking an excerpt out of it, that it says, Trumpet blast calls people into place. On Sunday, June 9th, I heard a trumpet blast and the Spirit of God spoke to me that this is a call for people to begin to fall in their places. God is aligning people into places and positions that will allow them to operate at their maximum potential. There's a synergy in that. There's a major shifting that is happening right now that will begin to align people into their destiny at a greater pace. We can expect to see a lot of movement and change over the next couple of months. There will be a gathering of people who have been drawn to particular places by God's direction, providence, his calling, his provoking. He's speaking to these people individually and he's, he's moving and he's creating his masterpiece. And us, as his beloved, we get to. We get to say yes to these things. We get to hear his voice. We get to hear his prod, or feel his prodding. That's humility. It's being um, grateful for the opportunity of his love and partnering with him. It's being, um, this is my opinion, it's being sensitive to his provoking, to his voice, to feeling him. All the things we get to do, we, we cherish those things. That's humility. What's the bottom line here? <laughs> it takes humility to walk with God and humility to walk with others. Pride is the antonym of humility. I put synonym, cross that out right away, please. <laughs> antonym, we want the opposite. <laughs> Pride is the antonym, the opposite of humility, and what is present when there are two not able to work together for a greater good or a bigger picture. And this holds true for marriage as well. I think it was Doug Addison that had a word about end-time marriages. And we know a few people that were anti-marriages. Um, and they, <laughs> they had some things to work through, too, in the beginning. And it's in those times when you're going, what in the world, Lord? You know, what are you doing? But if you can keep your eye on the big picture, you can walk through those things and not give up. And you can trust Obedient trust. Yeah? 
It takes humility to put your piece of revelation or vision aside when God has connected you with others in order to establish a greater thing or picture here on earth that reveals more of his kingdom. Okay, you can talk about this in marriage. You can talk about this in business. You know, you find people in business, they're, they're friends, they both have these <laughs> parts of the dream and they start working together and things get to have a little bit of tension because they both have these things and they want to see them come forth. But it takes humility to work together to see what is the important thing right now that God is doing and to have trust that your thing that's important to you will come up. It will be taken care of by the Lord. And so that obedient trust. Why am I talking to you guys about this? Because we're talking about walking into our dreams. We're talking about what it's going to take and what it's going to look like in the future. We're going to have to have unity. And we're going to have to have humility with one another. Not a false humility. Oh, you go first. You go first. But a um, humility with the Lord first so that we can get the revelation of what he's doing. And we can trust that this is what he's saying right now. This is what we're going to put first. And we're not going to overlord our dreams, our desires first as priority. We're going to go with what God says first. And if that means that I have to lay down my dreams so Lonnie can do what he needs to do at first, then I'm going to do that. But I'm going to trust that the Lord know, you know, values me and values the things he's put in me, and those will come to pass. Or vice versa. We're talking about that in the business realm. We're talking about it in the church realm. Everywhere. This is why humility, unity, they go together. And it's important. It's important to the bigger picture of what God is, is doing on the earth right now. I feel like um, the Lord is really emphasizing the bigger picture. That your dream is unique and beautiful and important but there is a bigger picture, and you guys can't lose sight of that. You know, um, this school is part of Blazing Fire, and that's the dream of Blazing Fire. But there's such a bigger picture. It, it's part of Lonnie's dream. It's part of my dream. It's part of David Kim's dream. You know, he's had a dream to have a school of supernatural in this place. You know, it, it touches on so many different levels. It's dreams of the online students that can't come to an on-campus. I mean, there's so many aspects of what's going on. There's such a greater picture to the, the one dream that we carried. And so I feel like the Lord is really emphasizing, keep your eye on the bigger picture. Your dream has value. Your dream is important. Your dream will come to stay steady, and to keep your eye on the bigger picture. And that takes us out of self, and it brings us into unity. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I want? If, if it's the dream in your heart that he has placed in you, then you better believe it will require humility. And again, not a false humility. To God and to others that then that will then require unity, that will then release providence. Good. 
That's, whoa. That's like, really? Because that's the bigger picture, right? God and the Father knew he, w- he had sent Jesus here, knew what he had sent Jesus here to do. And so did Jesus. He was savvy to God the Father's providence. Because Jesus humbled himself to what God the Father was asking, out of reverence, Jesus was able to create momentum towards the big picture of what was promised. It's important to realize the motivator was not the promises that Jesus had from God the Father, but the motivator was always, always, always Jesus' love for the Father. So it's not, it's not our promises, our hope in our promises that are our motivator. Like if I, if I go do this, then I'm going to make this. Or if I write this book, I'm going to have this. Or this or this. It's not those things. The motivator is always, always a love affair. When you can gain this perspective, it is easy to say it is a place... It's easy to stay in a place of praise and, ad- praise and adoration towards the king because your perspective will be one of humility towards the father and king and your heart will yearn for people to unite with, the release, with, reunite, unite with to release the bigger picture of what God is doing with your dreams. Your dreams, man, you have a piece of it. I, you know, we all do. But just think, if you can walk in unity with people, how much bigger those dreams will be. I mean, we have a limited perspective. But if we can get the right perspective of what's really going on, if we can keep our eyes on the big picture, it's going to be so much bigger than that. God the Father... The father's dream was relationship, intimacy with his people. Jesus partnered with him to restore relationship to the father, and then Jesus taught his disciples reconciliation and told them when he leaves, there will be another Holy Spirit who will come and carry out the bigger picture of relationship and unity on earth because he will always be with them. This is... God the Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit is like the most amazing picture of unity we have ever had. Ever, ever, ever. And when you think of one laying down for the other, when you think about um, the motivator was the love of the Father, I mean, it's the greatest picture of all. It's the greatest picture of unity we will ever, ever, ever have. You know, um, one thing I think I mentioned before when I was teaching is momentum is important to me. I was going into this school year and I was sharing with Brent, I really... Like the, one of the biggest things to me is momentum, gaining momentum this year. And I feel like we need momentum. But to get momentum, you have to have unity. Like you can't go and do these things on your own with your own vision and your own perspective. 
when you can when you can humble yourself to link arms with other people and to get the stride and stay steady there becomes a momentum you guys are learning to walk together and then we you know when it's time maybe there can be a faster pace but you've got to get that stride right and as you do that you're gaining momentum and why am i telling you guys this this is important for your dreams it's important to have an understanding of these words and how they work together for the kingdom not all of us are going to stay in um a religious setting we're going to go home we're going to gain momentum we're going to have unity what does it look like how is it working for the the bigger picture we're going to go into the marketplace how do we do it well here's some things to consider unity uh you know it it just brings back the whole thing i think i gave it to was i here last week it was the week before in the notes i said you know we have to learn it's the new testament thing of love god love your neighbor okay that comes so much into play for this for unity love god love your neighbor humility unity ah providence it all works together it all works together I feel like um like the season that we're about to step into it's already shifted but some of us are just stepping into it it is going to require humility and humility some of us don't really know how to walk in that yet and I feel like the Lord is really going to be opening this teaching up to you in a greater way because in order for your dreams to fully be unpacked it requires it requires humility to have unity and i'm learning it myself guys at a greater measure and as we go from glory to glory we're talking about a greater ability to have humility and I am not speaking of a false humility where you are a doormat I'm not talking of that I am talking about the true love one another to not put yourself over the other does that make sense so I hope that you guys can chew over these notes um and I hope that it's helped you in some way to have a greater perspective of of the bigger picture your dream is important and it will come to pass he will connect you with other people but to realize it is not just about you it's about this greater thing he's doing in the land and it takes all of us it takes all of us and we all need to know how to work together we all need to know how to create momentum and we all need to be aware of his providence 
and to have humility with the Lord, to always stay connected with him, to stay in step, steadfast. Remember, be stay steady, stay steady. Some of us were like, oh, we're out of school, I'm going for my dreams, and that's fabulous. We want to make steps, but stay steadfast. No burnouts. Don't fall out of the game. Not this time. Not this time. We're going to learn. We're going to hand over the old ways and we're going to walk in the new. So Lord, I just bless everyone here to receive a fuller understanding and revelation of humility and what it looks like to you, Lord, and unity. Lord, this, this great word that you are releasing on the earth right now, Lord, I just release that into each one of their spirits right now, Lord, unity and what it looks like to you. Wow. Oh. What it looks like in the greater picture. Wow. Oh. Lord, I ask you to give them eyes to see the greater picture. To keep their eyes on your masterpiece. Father, I thank you for providence. I thank you that you orchestrate all things. Lord, I thank you that you're teaching us how to walk and walk with momentum, how to create momentum. I thank you that this time around, Lord, <laughs> there will be no fallout of dreams. That every dream will come into fullness. Every dream will come into fullness. That they will learn how to be steadfast and Lord, when they want to accelerate outside of you, that you would quicken their spirits, Lord. Quicken their spirits to be in stride with you, to abide with you, and to be in stride with the people that you've connected them with. I thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to a place of the New Testament of loving you and loving one another truly, what that looks like for this season, Lord, what that looks like. God, Jesus. Father, I thank you <laughs> for your goodness. You are so good and faithful. I thank you that every one of their dreams is valuable and that you will Bring their dreams to a fullness, Lord. And I thank you it's nothing they have to strive for, but that in their abiding, they will be alert 
and sensitive to what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, that we are learning. (laughs) And you are so patient and kind. Lord, I ask that you would take this teaching and take it to a deeper place in their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm